Listen, we've been on a series called I Worship, and we're going to continue that on today. And uh, I tell you, there's been a lot come out of that in my own life. Hopefully it's been as impacting in your life. But before we go there, I want to mention two things. Uh, First of all, I want to mention that... uh, I want to mention that if you're, if you're wanting a, to lead a small group, that today is the deadline, absolute deadline, to get your registration in. Make sure that you get that in today. If you've not been trained in it, uh, and you've gone through the growth track, uh, and you are on a Dream Team, you can get trained this afternoon at our Dream Team 401 uh, session that will be taking place at 1130, and uh, be an awesome, awesome time. Have a great lineup of of small groups that are taking place, and I'm excited about that. Our student small group, I'm really excited about that, and uh, we have a few of those student small groups that are taking place, and uh, our student pastor would like, if you are a parent of a student, and you are a student, uh, next week when we kick off our small groups at 1145, they are meeting in the other building, and they are providing pizza for you. And so they want to just spend a, a little bit of time, he and his, uh, his team spend a little bit of time with you explaining the vision, where we're going with that, and, uh, and then also just uh, letting you know how important your young ones are to us. And so awesome, awesome, all right? And then today, 401, once again at 1130, that will be taking place. All right, let's get into today. Uh, John chapter 4 is where we have been in this series on I worship. I want to continue on. Uh, we just finished up yesterday with our 21 days of prayer. It was a very powerful time. Uh, I, I believe that there's so many things that God's going to do because of our time coming together and praying. And so you be expecting, let's believe together, let's see God do great things. He's already doing great things. And, and I, I'm, I'm loving what I'm hearing on how God's moving in people's lives all over and uh, in our church and through our church and through our people. And so that's really exciting. And so, but I, I'm going to tell you uh, that God doesn't want us to stop there. He wants us to go to another level. And I believe that worship is a key ingredient to the success in our life. And when we get in there and really understand what worship is all about. Too many times people limit worship and their idea of worship of what took place this morning, and that is important. But I'm going to tell you that worship is any time that we're focused in on God. That's what worship is. When, we're, when our attention, our heart, our, our, our energy, everything is focused in on God, that's worship. And, uh, and so we, we want you to understand that your whole life whether you're at work and doing a job, that that could be, that could be used as, an, as an, a, 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 a means of worship to God as you're doing it unto the Lord. And really, our whole life should be lived that, that way. Isn't that true? But John chapter 4, John chapter 4, uh, verse 22, it says, You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is... Talking to us right now, now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. If you notice here that worship is an attitude of the heart and it is an expression of the life. 
It's, it's an attitude of your heart and an expression of our lives. He said that we should worship Him in spirit and in truth. And so it's from our heart. It's also in our actions. Jeff, give me a gist a hair more, please. And, uh, and that's, where, that's, where we're gonna, that's where we're expressing our worship. And so anyway, God created us to be worshipers. He created us, every one of us, to be worshipers. Therefore, we are worshiping. All the time. Whatever, whatever takes your greatest focus, your greatest energy, your greatest uh, finances, resources, whatever takes your greatest, greatest uh, attention is your, your, your worship. And so sometimes it's our jobs. Sometimes it could be ourselves. We, we worship ourselves. It could, it could be uh, family. It could be a lot of different things. And let me, go, let me tell you something. You're always going to fall short of what God has for you if you're not putting God first in your life. And we've discovered that through this series. And so it's very, very important. Worship should not be something that we have to do. It's something that we get to do. It should be something that is not something that you, uh, you, you uh, uh, don't look forward to, but something that you are, oh, you're just running to because you just love to spend time with God. And so I want to encourage you guys uh, just, to, just to get hold of what this morning is all about. I worship. Today's message is our greatest passion. I want to talk to all of us about our passion. If we're going to be great worshipers, if we're going to be worshipers of God, then we've got to have a great passion for God. And so we're going to talk about that today. Matter of fact, uh, Scripture addresses this. You go to the book of Revelation It talks about uh, about speaking to the churches, and uh, there's seven churches, and one of the churches that it spoke to, it says, man, I've got something that I just need to tell you, and this is what God was saying, and I want to take you there, Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, we'll start there, and it says, to the church, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot, I wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have, because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have no need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And that's where a lot of people are, especially in America. Thank God for the blessing of God on our lives, but so many times we don't realize that that what we have has caused us to, to actually stray and drift away from God and, and not be a worshiper of God. Instead, we started worshiping the things that we have that God has given us. And so here's what he says in verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous, be passionate, and repent. Two things that he said to do. He said, be zealous, be passionate, and repent. The word repent is not a bad word. It ought to be something that we're doing regularly because when God shows us something that we're doing in our life that is, is the wrong direction or wrong thing, repentance means to change. We need to change our mind, our attitude, our direction. And so it's a good thing. We ought to always be growing in our lives, so therefore we ought to always be repenting. In other words, we ought to always be changing, Right? And so that's good. But we need to be zealous. We need to be passionate about God. And really, that's where he, that's, that was the whole idea that he addressed here. He says, I want you to be hot. I want you to be 
at the boiling point in your life. You know, when you're at the boiling point, uh, it, you change in nature. When water is at the boiling point, it changes in nature. It turns into steam. And guess what steam does? It powers things. God wants to power the kingdom of God through us when we're living our lives at the boiling point. But unfortunately, what has happened with many times, with many people, is because of life, and we go through life, and because of storms, and because of circumstances, and because of the lies of the devil, and because of his attacks in our life, guess what? Instead of being at the boiling point, we become either lukewarm or cold in our life. And therefore, we cease to be worshipers of God and, and, and impacting the kingdom of God as God intended in our lives. I know that you came here to be encouraged. Hopefully, this is an encouragement to you. All right? And I just want you to understand that God wants us to live at the boiling point. And this, is a, this has been a problem for years and years and years. It wasn't long after Jesus uh, was de- his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. It wasn't long after that that this happened in the church that people began to get lukewarm, and, and, and it was addressed by the Hebrews writer uh, about 80 years after Jesus ascended into heaven. And I want to read that to you in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Out of the Amplified, it says, "...not forsaking or neglecting the assembly together as believers, as it is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another." all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. Notice here that uh, he, he talked about the importance of, of coming as a church, that we need to come together as a church and stoke the fire in us. And that's what happens, and that's what should happen when we come to church. That we get fired up about doing what God wants us to do. And, and we get fired up about reaching the lost and discipling the found, equipping the next generation, growing a life-giving church, doing something significant with our lives and through our lives. We ought to get fired up that God wants to use us, even though we're imperfect and we've, we do all kinds of pieces of stupid in our lives. Every one of us. Listen, you've got issues. Did you know that? You've got issues. I've got issues. We all have issues. But God gets to use us and we can, we can stoke that fire and we can say, you know what, it doesn't matter. God's always used imperfect people to do something great here in this earth. And thank God that he's chosen us to do that. And, that, and too often what happens though is the enemy comes in and he, he, he steals from us and he lies to us and we buy into it. So what I want to do right now is I want to I share some thoughts with you. I want to share with you when worship for God is our greatest passion what takes place number one we keep Satan unsuccessful we keep him unsuccessful Satan came to Jesus and if he came to Jesus don't you know that he's going to come to you let me say that again Satan came to Jesus and he tried to he tried to he tried to bring Jesus down, and if he came to Jesus, he's going to come to you and I, and he's going to try to bring us down. Look at this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. It says, Then Jesus said to him, this is after he had been tempted in the, in the wilderness, he said, he said to him, Away with you, Satan! More of us need to be saying that to Satan. When he comes, sometimes I, I, I talk to people and I think, Man, 
can you hear from God? And it's like, man, I can't hear from God. I have a hard time for hearing from God. But man, they sure can hear from the devil. The devil told me this and the devil told me that and the devil told me this. You understand what I'm saying? And, and listen, the devil does speak and, and we need to do like Jesus and say, away with you. Get away. Stay away. Chase him off. You're going to be unsuccessful in my life. And, and this is how Jesus said that, that we can keep the devil unsuccessful or Satan unsuccessful in our life. He says, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Amen. Satan is always, he's always demanding our worship. Always demanding our worship. How does he get our worship? When he gets our attention. When he gets our energy. When he gets our money or our focus. And when he gets our heart. When he gets those things, that's when he gets our worship. And when he starts demanding your attention, you need to say, away with you. Get away from me. You have nothing to do with me. A lot of times he's getting our attention. He's getting our focus by, by just coming in and, 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 and working in you and working in me and working in our insecurities and working in places in our life where, where, we, where we don't even realize he's at work in our lives. He's working in us. Many times he's, attack, he's attacking us because we've maybe experienced something in our life tragic, some tragedy in our life and... And I, I remember years ago, about 14 years ago, 13, 14 years ago, where we just had a, a great exodus of people out of our church, where we had a number of people that left in two different waves. There was one wave and then another wave, and it was caused by really two, two instigators, two different people that, that instigated it. And, uh, and I remember for, for years after that, I had a problem. I had some issues. Can you believe that? I had some issues. I still have issues. You stick around me. Hang with me. You're going to see some issues. Don't get mad at me. Listen, you got issues too. Okay? And so, so I had some issues. And the devil, he, he, what was I doing listening to him? I didn't realize that I was. But, man, it's just like I, I almost expected people not to stay. That when they came into the church that they were going to be here, they'd love the church, but it, it'd almost be like they would only be here for a little bit and then they, they would leave too. Not realizing that, that I was repelling people. Because I had this issue in my life, this, this thing working in my life where, where I, I, I just didn't feel like I was being accepted because I had been rejected by so many good people. Maybe you're experiencing that today. And guess what? I, 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 you know, I'm sitting there listening to all these lies. Well, you can't get too close. Let me tell you something. I had to slap the devil in the face. I'm t you, you hang around me. I'm going to get close. I'm going to get into your heart. You're going to get in my heart. We're going to do this stuff together. We're going to do life and ministry together. I'm going to love people. I, I made a decision that I'm going to love people to the highest level in the way that God intended but it took a while. It took a while. And not realizing that I, the devil had me where he wanted me. In a place of defeat. And he was succeeding in my life. Maybe you've experienced something like that. Maybe it's not in that area. 
Maybe it's in some other area in your life. Maybe it's in, in the place of how, how you see yourself. So many times we have an identity crisis. And the identity thief has come in and he's stolen your identity through lying to you. Telling you that you're no good, you're, no, you're worthless. You, he's making you look at all your inadequacies and your, your weaknesses. You ever had uh, somebody tell you that you were bad in some area? And you probably are. Because all of us have weaknesses. I used to think that I was supposed to be good at everything. I realized that, no I'm not. I'm supposed to be a part of a body and there's supposed to be people in other areas in this body that are supposed to be stronger in those areas than I am and we're to come together and we're to be strong together. But I was so, so insecure that I had a problem with receiving the gifts in other people's lives. And so I had to tell the devil, you're just a lying, cheating, thieving, rat and words I can't use in church or outside of church either okay I can't do it either way because I want to honor God you know that right and so so many things that the devil has has come in and and so when we worship God when we say God I'm going to love you I'm going to serve you I'm going to put my focus on you not not on how what people think about me or not in maybe the way I feel sometimes your feelings will lie to you a lot of people, they pay, they, 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 they pay too much attention to their feelings. And feelings are fickle. They'll, be, they'll agree with God one day, and next day they're going to they're gonna curse God if you allow your feelings to. Your feelings are just feelings. They're going to be up and down and around. And, and listen, you, you can't go with your feelings. You've got to go with God, and so you've got to focus in on Him in order to cause Satan to be unsuccessful in your life and and I had to do that. And Ephesians is a great scripture. Here I want to share with you Ephesians 6 verse 10 through 13. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Notice here that it doesn't tell us to be strong in our own, in our own might, but in the Lord, in the power of his might. And how do we do that? We focus. We hone in. We do what God wants us to do. And that's to put on the whole armor of God. And you can go and read what that armor looks like, but it's basically putting on the Word of God in your life and living by the Word of God and focusing in on the Word of God and meditating the Word of God and walking out the Word of God in your life. And that's basically, basically what the armor of God is. So it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wilds or the devices of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in, in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And, and I'm here to tell you, you're going to have some evil days. Gee, thanks. Gee, thank, you know, the Bible talks about in Matthew's gospel about storms coming in and you're going, to have, you're going to have storms that are going to come in. And it's those that have built their house on the rock that are able to stand. Those that build their house on the sand are the ones that, that crumble and, and, and are destroyed. And so we've got to put on the armor of God and focus in on God. And, and, and when the storm comes in, it does, it's like, you know what, I'll, I'll weather this storm. 
I'm going to get through this and you know somehow God's going to even use it to my favor. I don't care what the devil has tried to do and how he's tried to destroy and how he's come against me. He's not going to succeed. He's not going to have my purpose. He's not going to fulfill what he wants fulfilled in me. Now you, you can't dictate what happens in other people's lives, but you determine to live for God and worship God with your life, all right? So when worship, when, when, when worship for God is our greatest, greatest passion, number one, we keep, uh, we keep Satan... Oh, I didn't even put Satan. Okay, sorry. We keep Satan unsuccessful. We keep unsuccessful. Sorry. Don't pay attention. I got issues. <laughs> Told you, I've got issues. Thank you, brother. Help me out. I did that. Told you. Bobby, never mind. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, he corrects me. I would have heard about it. And so... He already had it written down. He, they're meeting with me tomorrow after, after work, and so he already had it down. First agenda. Pastor, you got issues. All right. Secondly, when worship for God is our greatest passion, we keep God real. We keep God real. We keep Him real. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning... His devices, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion or pure worship to Christ. And I'm going to tell you something that um, we have to continue to develop this passion for Christ. Because it's very, very easy for little things to pull us away and distract us and get us away from our focus being on God. It can happen so, so easily. Uh, this past Monday, uh, it was my birthday. Yeah, it was my birthday, and and uh, some of our our team uh, took took me out to to eat, and actually they tried to sneak uh, uh, sneak me out, and and uh, and so they gathered a bunch of people, thinking it was going to be a surprise. But I asked my wife, and she told me, and so because she knows she knows. She doesn't tell me. Off with your head, no. And so uh, they took me out and uh, blessed me, and just uh, it was a blessing. And we're sitting there, and and we're still talking, and we're through, and people are starting to leave because you know we've been there for a little bit, and and um, and my grandson. If you don't know my grandson, he's the awesomest, bestest boy ever. And uh, my grandson, he's, he's, he does this all the time. Poppy, take me to the car. Because he wants me to take him in and buckle him in. And, and, and so, Poppy, take me to the car. And, and I did something that hurts my heart to this day. And I, I repented later on. I did. I told him. And, uh, and I, I was in the middle of conversation. Wasn't, we weren't quite through. And I said, Punkin, uh, Punkin I'm, I'm, I'm not done here yet. And so, Poppy, take me to the car. And I said, Pumpkin, I'm not done yet. And so uh, they left, and I didn't take them to the car. And so Thursday, they were at the house, and the first thing that I told them, I said, Pumpkin, I said, I need you to forgive me. What for, Poppy? 
I said, you asked me to take you to the car, and I, I told you I wasn't done, and, and I'm so sorry. That'll never happen again. That'll never happen again. Because I'm going to seize every moment that I could possibly seize to, to continue to keep a, a, my heart close to his heart. And, uh, of course, you know how children are. Okay, Poppy. And he just went on, like, no big deal. Still hurts me to this day. I, you ask my wife, I fought with it. I'm still fighting with it. Because I, if you know me, I love people. I genuinely love people. And if I, can, if, I can, if I can get closer to people's lives, if I can be an instrument in their lives to help them get closer to God, I'm going to. And I'm going, I guarantee you, I'm going to have a voice, and I already do, but I'm going to have a voice in my grandchildren all the days of their life, or all the days of my life, all the days of my life. And, uh, and, and even when I go on to be with Jesus, uh, I'm still going to have a voice in their life. And here's, here's the point that I'm wanting to make. The reason that so many people get away from uh, worshiping God is because they lose the passion. And the reason that they lose their passion is because they lose the reality of who God is. Because they allow things to come in and separate them from God. God ceases to be real like he once was in their life. God has to stay real. And how that happens is we have to do what's necessary to stay close to his heart and him with our heart. Does that make sense? And too many times we're allowing little things to come in, and it doesn't take big things. It takes little things to separate us and keep us. Let me read to you Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. It says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. It's just a little bit of stuff that can, can take you away from that, that, that closeness to God. Listen, keep God real. Let him be a reality in your life. Don't allow anything or anyone to come in and, 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 and take you away. Don't you allow it in your life, okay? You got it? So when worship for God is our greatest passion, then we keep God real. Number three, we keep loving people. We keep loving people. Uh, yesterday, well, let me read the scripture. Might as well throw a scripture in there, okay. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 9, it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another. In, in love, honor one another above yourselves. Get this. How do you do that? How do you keep that love? Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. The more time that I spend with God, the more I love people. Yesterday we were here and we spent time in worship and we spent time in the word uh, Bobby preached and and uh, then we prayed, and we prayed, and man, that prayer time went so fast. And, and man, here, here, and forgive me for saying man, but anyway, I'm around young people a lot. They're influencing me. I, I know what you're thinking. You thought I was young. I am. And so, so we're worshiping God and, and, and loving God and get through prayer and, 
And after prayer, I just wanted to grab everybody. And I wanted to, and I know you that know me, I'm a hugger. I just want to love people. I just want, I just, my heart was just going out and just loving people. The closer I get to God, the more I love people. The remedy to your problems in your relationships is get closer to God. That's the remedy. Get closer. Get closer to God and that love will impact your life. And let me tell you something. You might say, well, what if people, what if people uh, uh, abuse it? What if people misuse it? So what? Listen, you are no longer your own. If you are Christ, you are no longer your own. You are His. You love people regardless. I've had people, I talked about two people that walked, I mean, they were instigators of a lot of people leaving our church early on. I talked about that 14 years ago or so. You know, those two people have come back in my life and and they came back in my life. And you know what I did? I just welcomed them with open arms, loved them. Still today, if they ask anything, they don't come here. But if they came, if they came here, they asked anything of me, if I could possibly do it for them, I would do it. Not because of my own ability, but because of the love of God in me. I believe that I have the heart. My greatest asset is not my speaking ability. It's not my good looks. (laughs) My greatest asset is my heart. And I genuinely, I guard my heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. I guard my heart. I love people. I want people to experience God. And I, 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 I guarantee you it comes because of my relationship with the Lord. It's because I daily am pursuing Him with all my might, with all my heart. And that's why I have the love for people that I have. Monday night. I believe it was Dan Tebbets that was the instigator on this. 9.15 game. Monday, you, you might think, well, I thought you, they took you out to eat. Well, they did, but we had a 9.15 softball game, men's softball game. So went to eat, went to the ballpark, go out there. There's a few of us out on the, uh, on the bleachers, and, and they, you know, they go around the, the, the home plate, and they flip the corn, coin to see who's going to be home, who's going to be visitors. They pray. And once they got through praying, they turned around and they, both teams, all the, all the umpires, all of them, turned around, walked towards the fence, singing happy birthday to me. Listen, love you, sir. Love you so much. Loving people always pays. I've got the best relationships in the world. I don't deserve them, but I have them. And I believe with all my heart it's because I have an awesome growing relationship with the Lord. And I think that that will take place for everyone here. If you will just fall in love with Jesus, worship him with all your heart, that you're not only going to have a great love for others, but there's going to be others that have a great love for you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you.